Well, welcome to the Ground Table podcast. This is a segment of Yellow Soul, and I'm here today with my lovely co-host, Britt Albin. Hello, it's so good to be here. Got some lovely ladies here today. Yes, we do. We are so excited. And today we are joined by a former guest, uh, author Susan Binkley, and the founder of Blue Monarch, a beautiful and magnificent organization in Tennessee. And she is joined by a couple of staffers that she has with Blue Monarch, Lauren and Shakia. Lauren and Shakia, welcome to Groundtable today. Thank you. Hey. hey. It's nice to meet you. Hi, nice yes. to meet you too. There you go. <laughs> and then is it Lauren? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so Shakia, where are you from? I was originally. Born, I was born and raised in New Jersey, and I have been in um, Tennessee for about 15 years. Oh, okay. Yes, ma'am. Awesome. You're a Jersey girl, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we better watch out, Britt. <laughs> and Lauren, what about you? I was actually born and raised in Mobile, Alabama, and but I've lived in Tennessee since I was 13. And I'm oh, 30 wow. old now. Okay. I love it. We yeah. got that strong draw, girl. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> So good. I was just saying hello, and I'm Britt, and it's so amazing just to be on the call with with you wonderful ladies. We've heard just a, a snippet about each one of you, and we're super excited to have you on. So I just wanted to say thank you for being here. And I was saying also with the accent, because I um, I grew up in Southern Arkansas, so I know all about that country, that country um, swag that we've got going on. <laughs> hey, and I'm a Texas girl, you know, so we, we all have it going on. Oh, yeah. we're so excited that all you guys are here. So welcome. Oh, we're excited. Thank you for doing this. This is great. Uh, I'm so excited that y'all are here. This is going to be so fun. Susan, thank you. Thank you, all three of you, for saying yes. Oh. Me and Britt are super excited about this, and I just believe God's timing is perfect for all of us. Uh, so Susan, would you lead us in prayer before we start? Oh, sure. Yay. Lord, we just lift up this incredible opportunity we have to spend time together and what a gifted group of women. And thank you for just handpicking every woman who's involved in this today and every woman, every person that will hear uh, the podcast that is the result of this. Mm-hmm. And I Thank you for the incredible journeys that each woman here has has had and the doors that you have opened for each one of us and that throughout that that incredible journey that our paths have crossed and that we get to spend this time together. So thank you for this opportunity. We ask you to um, help us choose our words and just guide our paths and turn this into what you want it to be. And we ask all of this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. Thank you, Susan. Thank you. Thank you. And we're so excited to dive in and hear both of your stories of resilience. And we know that you have had quite the journey. And so, uh, Susan, why don't you share with us a little bit about your connection with Lauren and then your connection with Shakia and how that that process came about for both of you in your relationship. Okay. Well, first of all, uh, Lauren and Shakia both are 
two of my most favorite people on the planet <laughs> and they're big fans of mine. So <laughs> it works out really good. Can't but, go wrong with that. <laughs> that's right. Um, but I really um, have such admiration for both of them. And so I'm excited for your audience and for you, for the two of you to get to know them as well. But um, okay. So blue Monarch um is a long-term residential recovery program for women and their children. And we've been doing this for 20 years. And so Lauren uh, was a resident at Blue Monarch. She came here for recovery. Uh, she came with her, her daughter and um, she actually got kicked out for fighting. <laughs> so she got kicked out for fighting. Then she went out and just kind of, um, she can share some of that crazy journey while after she left here. But years later, she came back and I will never forget seeing her sitting in the chair in the corner of my office and just begging, um, just begging as if this was she was begging for a lifeline. And she was just really asking for a second chance. And we don't often do that where we have someone who left and then give them a second opportunity because we have such a long waiting list and, and so many people trying to have an opportunity to come here. But um, it just really, I just really wanted to see her get that second chance. And so she came back with a vengeance and she came back <laughs> and, and really attacked her recovery um, just head on and gave it 120%. And so um, at the end of everyone's journey at Blue Monarch, I teach a work ethics class that that is about nine or 10 weeks long. And I'll never forget, you know, one of the things that I really uh, try to pass along to the women at Blue Monarch is shoot for the stars, you know, reach for the sky, like the sky is the limit. And, and let's really, really think about what is the greatest thing that you could accomplish. And let's do that. And so I'll never forget, I walked through the kitchen one day and Lauren looked at me and she said, Miss Susan, I just really don't know what I want to do with my life. I just don't know what I want to do. And and I went in my office, and I thought, golly, what is Lauren going to do? Because she, I really felt like if she didn't find something exciting in her life, then it would be easy for her to relapse, that she really needed something exciting and intense. And so um, so it's, it's kind of a long story, but I, I suggested to her, what about aviation? And, mm. and we're looking at, you know, what could you do? Like, uh, be an airplane mechanic or work at an airport. And, you know, I was just trying to think of something that would be really exciting. And she decided that she would like to be a pilot. <laughs> I was going, okay. Wow. For it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, let's, um, she really did reach for the sky. The sky was the limit. And so, so I found a donor uh, friend of ours and he was so excited and wanted to be a part of that. And so he loaned her his airplane and uh, paid for her to get her pilot's license. And so now she, I mean, one of my greatest thrills in the whole wide world was seeing her fly over this property the first time. Oh. And it was actually one of, and, and it's, such a testimony to to the other women and children here because every time she flies that plane over Blue Monarch, the women and children just go running out into the backyard, <laughs> and you know it's such a tangible example of 
yeah, you can do yes. this. Yes. And so I don't want to steal any more of her story, but she's she's now our case manager on our staff. And then mm-hmm. when she every minute she has free, she is flying around. <laughs> and I got to be her first passenger. I love it. Her license. So <laughs> so that's my story with Lauren. And and then Shakia. Uh, Shakia is another example of, I mean, we don't typically let people come back, but Shakia had been here for a brief period of time. She thought she had really big britches and just thought she could do fine on her own. (laughs) And so she left really prematurely. And then she can tell you some of that journey. She, she really, uh, kind of hit rock bottom. And so she, would call us begging for a second chance to come back to Blue Monarch. And she would call us every single day. (laughs) And our waiting list typically has like something like 200 families on our waiting list. And so it's not, you know, our waiting list is extensive. And so she would call every single day. So it would got, it kind of got to the point where we would see her number on caller ID. And it's like, okay, who's going to talk to Shakia today? (laughs) (laughs) And you could hear her kids in the background and they were out of control and she's crying and what am I going to do? And so we finally uh, had a spot for her. And so she came here and it was an incredible journey uh, to see her become a mom to those three wild kids. I mean, (laughs) I'll never, I'll never forget because they were all three under the age of three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She had twins. So they're three under the age of three. And I remember watching her one day and I was leaving and they were all screaming, all running in opposite directions. And she looked at me and she said, Miss Susan, what do I do? And I was thinking, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what we do about this. This is unbelievable. And then she had a, one of her ch- children loved to throw a screaming fit right outside my office window. And so one day I was watching her with one of her big screaming fits and poor Shakia out there with her. And I thought, golly, I've, her mouth is her. She's screaming so loud. It's like her <laughs> mouth is forming the shape of a trapezoid. And I even drew it out and I thought, I've seen that before. And then finally I realized that's the shape of Charlie Brown's mouth. <laughs> and I was like, that's what I've seen in Charlie Brown cartoons. <laughs> but Shakia became a rock star mom. She applied our program, everything that we had taught her, all the tools that she gained here, she applied them. And then when I had her and my work ethics, I thought, man, that woman, that same uh, tenacity and perseverance to call us every single day and to go through this journey with those children, she would do so great in development. And I Mm -hmm. thought if we don't snatch her up, someone else will. So we hired her um, to help raise money and go around and speak on behalf of Blue Monarch. And so this woman can raise Uh money nobody's business. I mean, (laughs) nobody knows how to say no to Shakia. (laughs) And so I love it. I mean, we can say we need $200,000 for a certain project and done. She gets it done. (laughs) And she, there's no telling. I don't know if we've added up lately how much money you've raised, but. But anyway, so and I've done enough talking, but I could talk all day about these two because they're both just absolute, unbelievable rock stars. And I'm so excited that you get to meet them. Aww. We are too. Susan, yes. thank you for that introduction with uh, 
Oh my goodness, with us today about Lauren and Shakia. And Lauren, I'll circle back to you because uh, we started with with your story first. So tell us your your introduction into Blue Monarch and you were so persistent of wanting another opportunity and a second chance. What was that shift inside of you that led you back to that place of asking for another opportunity to get your life on track? Well, um, gosh, it's, it's a crazy story, but I was just in a really, really dark place. Um, I was a heavy meth user. Um, I had two children at the time. Um, my daughter cadence, she was basically having to be the adult in this situation. Um, you know, because some days I wouldn't even get out of bed. I would be coming off of meth and I would be laid in bed for three days. Um, so she would have to get up and feed her brother and, you know, make sure that he didn't get into anything that he shouldn't get into because he was three at the time. And so it was an awful life for them. And I knew that I wasn't raising my kids in a situation that they should be raised in because I grew up in a, in a home with a mom and a dad, and we never wanted for anything. Um, and, and they were pretty stable. We didn't have Jesus in the home, but I knew what a normal childhood looked like. And so I wanted that for my kids, but I didn't really know how to give it to them. And I knew that I wasn't giving them that our house was dirty all the time. Um, I, I couldn't tell you the last time they had a bath. We were, you know, scrounging for food because I had sold my food stamps so that I could get high. And, and I was just absolutely miserable. And I think the breaking point was when I started getting my child late to school every day. And I was trying to stay awake, driving down the road from where I was coming off of meth. And, and my body was just so tired that mm. I was nodding out driving with my kids down the road. And I eventually got to the point where I was just, I was sick of myself. Mm. And I'm going to try not to cry while we're talking about this, but it, it was just so hard. Yeah. And I remember just wanting to die and I was begging God. I can remember flushing bags of meth down the toilet because I, I thought that if I surrendered it, if I would just surrender it, Jesus would just take it all away. And, you know, I, I would flush it and then I would scream, okay, God, I flushed it, take it away, heal me. And so it, it didn't come easy. And I understand why he didn't heal me in the time because I had to get to a point where, you know, I would, I would get it on my own and I wouldn't want to go back. Mm. And so, um, you know, eventually he led me to blue Monarch, but I, I can remember before that, I think one of the biggest pivotal moments for me was I was standing at my kitchen sink and I, I had a knife in my hand and I thought, I rubbed it across my arm and I thought, I wonder what this would feel like if, like if I just did this. Mm. And then my son walked into the room and I threw the knife in the sink and I thought, what am I doing? Mm. Wow. And so I drove myself to the hospital that same night and I was like, I'm, I'm suicidal. I need y'all to help me. And they were, and you know, I'm sure they could tell that I wasn't living the best life, but they told me you're fine. Go home. And so I went home and I was just absolutely miserable. 
So I spent a lot of time praying about it and I, I can finally cried myself to sleep one night and I was, I had just cried out to God all night long and I woke up and I felt this, what felt like a heavy hand on my back. Now, let me remind you, I'm the only one in this house, but with my children and I turned around and there was no one there, but I felt this overwhelming peace. And so that same day I called, um, I called a friend of mine. I had been taking care of his aunt and told him that I had been using and that I needed help because all of a sudden I had the strength to call somebody and reach out. And so I went to a treatment center and I stayed there for 12 days because I wanted a, you know, easy fix and that didn't work. And so my addiction continued after that. And eventually I just finally reached out to Miss Susan. I called Blue Monarch and was like, I need help. I told Miss Susan I needed help. And she said, okay. And she called me back. After she went to lunch, she called me back and she said, can you come to my office? And she said she had to leave somewhere. She had to go be at a meeting. And I was like, yeah. And I remember I just drove as fast as I could drive to get to my monarch to talk to them. And I was just so, so broken. And I smoked a whole pack of cigarettes on the way to my I was so, so nervous. And I mean, I was just, I was sure that they weren't going to give me this opportunity, but I feel like God is the one who led me to Blue Monarch because I know, mm-hmm. I know he did because I knew that Blue Monarch wasn't really, you know, big on giving people second chances. And I was the worst of the worst. So I thought, yeah. why would they give me a second chance? Mm-hmm. And so, but I felt strongly that God was leading me here. Honestly, I would have rather went to a program where I could have kept smoking cigarettes <laughs> was how I felt at the moment. <laughs> so, but he led me here and it was hard when I got here, I wanted to leave. I couldn't believe that I brought myself back here, but but it was everything that I needed. And honestly, I just, I still drive down the driveway of Blue Monarch every day. And sometimes I still cry about where my life is today, because when I came to Blue Monarch, I didn't know that my life would be this free. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, I married my best friend. We had another baby. I've got my pilot's license. You know, I just, those were not things I dreamed for myself. In fact, when I got to work ethics and I was telling Miss Susan, I didn't know what I wanted to do. It's because I never seen past the vision of always being a single mom, just trying to make ends meet working in a fast food restaurant somewhere. Like I thought a life where people owned houses and and worked jobs where they had a salary and not (laughs) hourly pay. I thought that life was for somebody else. I didn't know that that Mm -hmm. life was possible for me, but Blue Monarch taught me that it was. And it's trust me and they love me. And the moment, the first time I heard my daughter who always told everybody how horrible I was, the first time I heard her on the phone with a friend of hers telling her, telling them my mom's a pilot. I just, I couldn't believe that my daughter was proud of who I was because she was always so embarrassed of me and she hated me. Precious. 
Wow. The redeeming hand of God Mm. and your choice, Lauren, to stay the path and how you, how you fought in the midst of the pain and the trauma that was, that was taking place in your life. It's interesting hearing your story in the middle of the addiction that you knew that you wanted more. And you said it was just a matter of how do I get from where I am to where I want to be. And then hearing your story, the redeeming love of Jesus Christ and your commitment that you've done the work. And I know Susan has shared with me about you and Shakia about your, your journey and and some of your path and just how she stands in awe of both of you. And so hearing your story firsthand, it's so exhilarating for me to be able to actually hear your version, the live version of this. Um, I do believe there's that perception that what you're sharing, that if someone's an addict and they're in the middle of that journey in their life, that they don't know what's happening, but according to what you're sharing with us is that you knew you wanted your life to get on track. You looked at the faces of your kids. That struggle was, I need someone to come alongside me and support me. I need a village around me. And Blue Monarch became that for you. Yes, um, So thank you for sharing your story. Britt, I know you have yes. some questions for Lauren. Yes. Um, and I just first and foremost wanted to thank you, Lauren, because your story, no doubt there's people that would resonate with your story. And just knowing, you know, the, the fight that you had to not only make the decision, but choose to take one step forward um, and another step forward, like every day towards recovery. Um, and I, I was just thinking, you know, I'm sure you fought through a lot um, early on in your recovery, whether it was just shame or, you know, fear that you weren't going to be a, a good provider for your kids or whatever it may be, um, fear that you were going to fail. Um, how, or how did you combat those thoughts to continue? Because I think a lot of people deal with, we're like in the, in the mental health pandemic, if you will, where mental health is declining. And a lot of people, they just are, are turning to substance abuse, turning to different things to take the pain away. And in recovery, how did you stay the, the course through that? I think for me, it was all or nothing. And, mm. and I'm a very all or nothing kind of person anyway. So <laughs> well, I, I really, I really just um, you know, clinging to Jesus. I mean, God, I really just clung to him through everything. And just, I had a team of people and I learned here at Blue Monarch that, that the thing that you want, that you don't want to do is the very thing that you need to do. Mm. And so you, you have to really fight through our, you know, through your nature of just like, no, that's, um, you know, I don't want to, tell them that thing that I'm feeling and really step out of your comfort zone and say, Hey, you know, this is, this is what I'm struggling with right now. Um, so it's really coming out of that, 
Bucks, I think eight months into the program here at Blue Monarch, I really started um, struggling with wanting to use again. And I had to step out of my comfort zone and, and tell my counselor, like, hey, here I am eight months in. And if there was drugs in front of me right now, I would use them. And I don't know why I'm, I'm struggling with that right now. And she was able to help me with that. But I think the the shame and secrets are what keep you sick. Yeah. And so with that too, I just have another question um, because I know you both are the second timers. So you, there's some tenacity in both of y'all to once you commit to something, you really go for it and you with your whole heart. I would love to know just the changes that you've seen in your kids and the family dynamic. You mentioned getting married and, and that whole thing. I would love for you to just elaborate on that a little bit more of what's possible for someone when they choose to make a decision that might be counter to their current belief. Um, It took a while to get there for sure, especially with my oldest daughter, because I had um, taken her through so much trauma. So we had a lot to work on, but we have definitely pushed through and, you know, when I met my husband, there were some things to work through with that because she had been drugged through, you know, me with relationships with men who were not healthy. Um, but once she, you know, she worked through those things and, and realized that he loved her and there were things with me that I had to work on and realize that he's not these past men that I've been with. And so I think stepping into a new life, um, as far as family goes, I mean, it's, it's a road, um, that a long road to travel and there are new things to learn on your, on the way there. Um, but my, my husband he is a campus pastor and he runs a men's recovery center. Um, and he is constantly, you know, working with men on different things and working on himself in different things. And so he's definitely not the kind of man that I used to be with. Um, He has dreams and goals and hopes. My daughter actually has seen that in him and it's actually helped her grow. Um, She listens to him more than she listens to me, really. And a lot of the things that he says about his his spiritual aspect of things with Jesus. Um, She'll go back, like she'll be talking about a life situation and she'll, she'll repeat something that he said to her a long time ago. And so it's been a really beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Before I got married to him, one thing I had to learn was how to love myself. Mm -hmm. And so before I could find a man that would love me well, I had to learn to love myself well. And then when I learned what I deserved, then I found a man who also seen my worth and not only my worth, but my kids worth, because I honestly thought that no man would ever love my kids the way that I love my kids. And that was important aspect for me. And I just think it's incredible to watch how he is with my kids today. So when Cadence is trying to talk, which is my oldest daughter, when she is trying to talk to little boys, she's 16, y'all pray for me, but she is, she's trying to talk to them. She's actually looking now what she's looking for in a relationship with a boy is what me and my husband have. 
And so I've actually seen a message on her phone where she was messaging one of her friends and she said, I want what my parents have. Mm. And I just thought that was absolutely incredible because I didn't realize that our relationship was setting that example for my children. And so I see now how we are the foundation of the home and how important mine and his relationship is in the eyes of my kids. Mm. Yes, that's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I see redemption written all over your story and in just the way that you speak and talk about your story, there's such grace and, um, and I just think it's beautiful. So thank you so much for sharing that. Ma'am. Well, see, mm-hmm. you left out a big part of your story. She let me walk her down the aisle. Oh, <laughs> oh come on. That's Stop so it. good. That's amazing. Yeah, I can't think of when is it going to get here? When yes. is it going to get here? Yes. And, and my husband came and asked Miss Susan for my hand in marriage. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> y'all, that's so good. He, he knows how important Miss Susan's opinion is to me because that is like a second mom to me. And and honestly, I mean, just Blue Monarch is actually, it's just like where I grow, you know, grew up because this is where I learned things that, that most kids learn at home. You know, you learn how to budget, you learn how to manage your time, you learn how to pursue things and, and shoot for the moon. And I was taught all of those things here. So I actually even got married on this property because it just means so much to me yeah. and it it's been such a game changer for my life. Well, and we jumped out of a plane together. Oh, we yeah. did. We went. <laughs> oh, she's the one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> man, that's so good, y'all. This is the good stuff. Susan, what, I mean, you, you know, Lauren's story, you know, Shakia's story. When you hear the live version again, it just, your heart must overflow no matter how many times you hear it. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just incredible because I remember Cadence when she was, what, four years old when she yes. was here. And and I remember how hard it was when when they were reunited here the second time they were together. And, and they were a classic example of what we see a lot where the mom has been acting like the child and the child has been having to act like the parent. And so it's very difficult when, when the mom's trying to become the parent and the child's looking at her, like, who do you think you are? I've been taking care of you. And, and that's a really rocky transition. Um, She went through a lot of that too, but her kids were younger. And so it's a little bit more difficult when the child's as old as Cadence was when she came back. Um, But, but both of them, um, I think are such great examples of, I mean, just unbelievable perseverance. And, Mm -hmm. and that's, you know, I I often say that the women at Blue Monarch are some of the most courageous, amazing women I've ever known. And, Mm -hmm. and these two are such great examples of that, but they also are, are so inspirational to other women who come here because just looking at the two of them, and we actually have eight, eight graduates mm-hmm. on our staff now, but um, to see what they've been able to accomplish and to be able to see them and think to themselves, Hey, I can do that. You know, maybe since you were able to do that, maybe I can do that too. So they're mm-hmm. uh, 
such great inspiration, for, not just for me, but everyone here. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Susan. So Lauren, last question before we pass the baton to Shakia. What was that feeling like flying over the place that God worked through to bring rescue and redemption into your life when you flew that plane over Blue Monarch? Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. And watching our dog, Sam, so the dog out here, he even protects the airspace. So I could see his big white fuzzy silk <laughs> chasing me. And I could see the women out in the front yard and they're waving. And I mean, I'm pretty sure I cried like, because it was just like, gosh, this is, I just never thought that I would be flying an airplane by myself. And then when you think that it's like, oh yeah, I'm flying an airplane by myself. Jesus, please be here. <laughs> Don't let me kill myself. But you know, it it's just, I mean, it's spring. It, it's like the Isaiah 40, 31. I mean, he mounted me up with wings like eagles, mm -hmm. and, you know, and it's just, that's my scripture. And I stand on it because I'm like, gosh, he literally mounted me up with wings like eagles. And now I get to fly over this property and show women like, Hey, you know, it wasn't, life didn't look like it was in my favor either, but here I am. And the so, devil can't keep me down. Now I'm flying over every obstacle he ever threw at my right. feet and you will too. <laughs> so Take fascinating. It. Thank you so much, Lauren. Okay. Shakia. Nice. So let's get into your story, our Jersey girl that's with us today. Yes. So you were persistent, yes. your perseverance, both of you, your stories of resilience. What was that like for you? The beginning, the, that, that moment when you said, I'm going to try this again and I need a different life. I want a different life and I don't know how to get there, but I feel like Blue Monarch is, is my ticket. So what did that look like for you? So I always knew that my life was not supposed to be the way that it was, that I just ended up and I just ended up in the family that I was in. I don't mean to say it like that, but it is. Um, so from the very beginning, I, my mom had me when she was 13 years old. My dad wanted to abort me, but my grandmother stepped in and saved me. At the age of five, um, I was molested by my stepdad and Throughout my life, that what happened by several other family members for many years. And so there was always this gaping hole that I didn't know that only God could fill. Yeah. I started using drugs when I was 13 years old. At 15 years old, I had my first son. Um, I His dad was very, very abusive. And for many years, I was beat like a dog on the street. And he, um, I finally got out of the situation and I met another older man. And I had a set of twins and I had, um, well, let me, I'm sorry, let me rewind. I lost custody of Kareem because of my, the start of my addiction happened after I lost Kareem. And then um, I moved to Nashville. I was, I ran to Nashville and um, I had another set of twins. Well, yeah, I had a set of twins and um, my addiction just continued to get worse and worse. It got worse and worse. I came to Blue Monarch and I left Blue Monarch in one day. I literally prayed to come to this place. God, if you give me a chance, I promise I won't mess it up. And I came and I stayed one day and left. <laughs> <laughs> when I got, and we should have a plaque for that. That is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy part 
God as I came to this beautiful place. The sky was bluer than it had, I had ever seen it. The grass was so green. I mean, it was the most prettiest place I've ever seen in my entire life. And when I left from Blue Monarch, I didn't realize what I was doing. That when I left, I left from under that covering. And I went back to purity hell. Like it was a disaster as soon as I got back to where I was from. And I stood there for a moment and I realized that I made biggest mistake of my life. And I looked at these babies who were at the time, they were pro they were probably two and six months old. And five months later, I got into a car accident where my vehicle flipped over into oncoming traffic. It got hit by 18 wheeler. I was ejected out of the car at 75 miles per hour. And when I woke up, they told me they had given me a brain surgery and put a plate in the front right of my brain that they had wow. a plate in my eye bone and mm. some screws in my ankle. Oh my goodness. And yeah, hearing that was, it was, I couldn't believe that something like that had happened to me. And so immediately I started, as I was recovering, I started calling Blue Monarch. And when I say I call Blue Monarch every single day for a whole year, I'm not exaggerating. Mm -hmm. And then and then somebody could have probably been in a class, but if they didn't answer the phone for me, I'm like, I need to get to a voicemail. And I'll never forget. <laughs> You're like, don't make me come down there. <laughs> One day, and I don't even know if Miss Susan remembers this, but as we're sitting here going down memory lane, I'm listening to Lauren Sherrill's story. I'm starting to think. And I remember I hit the button for Susan's answer machine. And I was like, Miss Susan, please please let me come back. Please, mm -hmm. I didn't even think she was going to call me back. And she called me back. And I was sitting in a wheelchair when she, oh, man, I'm about to cry. When she called me and she was like, um, Shakia, I was like, can I please come back, Miss Susan? I'm sorry that I left. I just need another chance, please. And she was like, oh. And so I told her about the accident. And she was like, well, you're in a wheelchair, honey. We can't accommodate you right now. But I tell you what, when she finished recovering, you put in another application and we'll give you a and my pain got worse because I didn't have to go look for medicine now. The doctors were prescribing it to me because of the pain I was going through. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I called Blue Monarch and they said, we want to see you stay somewhere. We want to see you go to a recovery program and show us that you're serious about coming here because we have a waiting list with 200 women that are dying for a place just like you. And so wow. I went to the place for three months and I still kept calling Blue Monarch while I was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. probably ran up the phone bill. Yeah. Like, yeah. was like, "You're not getting rid of me." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I got a phone call, and they and they let me come back. And when I came back to Blue Monarch, I know that that was the hand of God on the lives of me and my kids, and yeah. everything began to change as soon as I turned onto the driveway. The came down the driveway. Mm. Wow. Mm. I remember one of the early days when she was here and she was having such a hard time managing those kids. And and I was, we were in the main house, which is where all our offices are and where we have all our programming. And, and I was going out the front door and it was locked. I was going, who, who locked the door? <laughs> like we never locked the door and Shakia had locked it. It was her only solution to keep her kids in one place. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, locking the door is not an option. <laughs> <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do, huh, Shakia? <laughs> I had to come up with some strategies because they were out. I was outnumbered. They, I had three kids and my arms wasn't long enough to go in each direction to grab them. And so when I came here, um, 
I'll never forget a time where when you're at Blue Monarch throughout the day, your 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 class, you are jam-packed with classes to help get to the wounds of where those addictions begin. But you're not allowed to come back to your room until after dinner. We're a very community-based um facility. And so we, you know, we fellowship with one another, we have bonderoo, we bond with our children. There are things that are required of us to help us along this journey. And well, one day I had it, I was at my end's wit. I was like, oh no, I'm going to my room. Well, as I was planning on going to my room, Susan was walking out. And so I was planning on going without asking, but as soon as I saw her, it was something to me. It was like, you need to ask. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, Miss Susan, I was ready to have a heart attack in here. I was like, Miss Susan, please, can I go to my room? And she said, later I heard her say, I knew that she was getting ready to, to leave. And she said, walk outside with me. So everybody's running around, ah, screaming and crying. And I was like, well, what do I do? She was like, make them think about something else. I was like, how do I do that? She's like, I don't know. Pick a four-leaf clover. I was like, a four-leaf clover? I didn't say this to her. I was thinking it. A four-leaf clover. No <laughs> ever finds a four-leaf clover. Guess what? My baby girl found the four-leaf clover. So... <laughs> Yeah. Susan's pretty magical. Yes. No. <laughs> well, it's it's been an incredible thing to watch because those kids were so overwhelming. And then now, I mean, they just march behind her like little soldiers and she's got them dressed like they're, they're it's like they're little child models, aren't they? They it look is. like they came out of a Ralph Lauren catalog. Or <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. And she is making her- up for lost time. Yes. <laughs> yes. I have it. Um, I just I- love the culture and the environment that you've created, Susan, among yeah. your staff and among your your ladies that are residents there of grace and mercy and love. Because oh. from the moment they step foot onto that property and they're going through the process and they're connecting with you guys on the phone, I just think about the scripture that says it's his perfect love that casts out all fear and that you and your team are people who pray God opens those doors and that you are obedient to say yes, that obedient yes of saying come for those that you know are supposed to be there. And it's just beautiful how this, this culture that it empowers your residents to believe for a future. Jeremiah 29, 11, that God has granted them a hope and a future. Like he knows our outcome and you give them every opportunity to believe that that is possible, that God is willing to do the impossible. As long as they do the work, there's nothing easy about the process of what you invite your residents into. And uh, both of you, Lauren and Shakia, hearing your stories of the pain and and the trauma and the tragedy that both of you, human to human, woman to woman, Britt and I, when we hear stories that come to this table, on one hand, we say, we're so sorry for what you've endured in your story. And yeah. yet, on the other hand, what runs parallel is knowing that God has been so faithful to see your stories through. Yeah. The the wholeness (laughs) as you share, that's what comes to me is your story of wholeness and how you continue to, to stay the path. And 
what your story means to those that coming yeah. into Blue Monarch. Susan, I think it is so remarkable that you have, did you say you have eight staffers with you that have come through your program? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's so great because typically if we hire someone from the outside, it probably takes at least a year for them to really grasp what we do here. Yeah. So, so it's a, it's amazing. It's awesome when we can hire someone who's actually been through the program. I think that it's an everyday reminder for everyone who works here, that this is why we come to work and do what we do every day, because it can get real easy to, to feel like you're wasting your time or, you know, why am I even doing this anymore? And mm -hmm. when I can look around and just be surrounded by women that are constant reminders of why we do what we do. Um, I'm so grateful for, for that. But also mm. one aspect that I was thinking about when I was listening to Lauren and Shakia both sitting here, both of them, I'm just so grateful that I get the opportunity to be one of the people here who can push people forward and push women to be the most that they can possibly be, which I love being able to do that. I remember Lauren sitting in this chair telling me, I, I don't think I want to fly a plane anymore. I think I just want to, I think I want to go to Bible college. And I was going, what? You like to fly a plane. What, is, what are you talking about? And she was just afraid to do her first solo flight. And mm. so I'm just so grateful that I was able to, to be one of the people who could push her and say, no, I don't think you really want to go to Bible college. You really want to fly that plane. Right. And then Shakia did the same thing. You know, she's when she was going, I think I'm going to spend the rest of my life just working in fast food. And I was going, no, you're not. That's just a step <laughs> to the next place. You're not spending the rest of your life in fast food. And now she's one of the most successful development officers in this area. So incredible. Amazing. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that you don't let them settle for anything less than God's absolute best in their lives. Right. But see, now they can do that for the other women who are here too. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, um, Lauren processes all the, the applicants and goes through the intake process with new residents. And, and I don't remember now who it was, but one of them recently, she uh, Lauren said, why do you want to come to Blue Monarch? And she said, well, I've heard that someone who graduated from Blue Monarch became a pilot. <laughs> and Lauren was able to say, well, yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Well, Shakia, I would love to circle back to you and just what mirror, I want to mirror what Britt asked Lauren. I think that that's just so powerful. Britt, if you would pose your question to Shakia that you asked of Lauren, that process, that mindset that she went through. If you want to pose your question yeah. to her, it would be great. Sure. Yes. So we just know that mental health is such a, a major, major problem in today's culture. And I was just thinking on this before the call and wondering what that process was like, where you made the decision to, um, to change that mindset and go for it. And then how you kept yourself all along the way, just keep moving forward, keep moving forward with the end goal in mind. Okay. That's a good question. Great. So 
Um, in Miss Susan's book, there the the woman who gave the forward, Miss Jeannie, Jeannie Campbell, program director, she teaches um curriculum called RDAT, which is residential drug abuse program. And it deals with cognitive thinking and um basically changing those irrational thought patterns to rational thought patterns. Mm. Um, and what she did was she paired it with 2 Corinthians 10, 5, taking every thought captive and bringing yes. it to the obedience of Christ. And so the truth is, for me, I know I struggled in my mind so bad. I, I realized now in hindsight that that's where the enemy attacked me most. And so um, those classes basically shaped and shifted it kind of transformed the way I saw things the way I addressed things um it also made me do a lot of introspections that a mm -hmm. lot of times the things that I was seeing or the things that I was assuming or whatever it was because a lot of the times it was because of me who wants to hear that that is just that sometimes mm -hmm. you and the way you're seeing it and the way you're taking it in and you know what I mean and so it helped me um it just began giving me different eyes for how I I operate and deal as a person. And that has helped me. Um, we do, we used to do attitude checks. And I so attitude checks is basically um you write down a scenario. We want to know there's seven attitudes. Are you operating in these great attitudes? Are you thankful? Are you responsible? Are you grateful? Or I mean I said that already, but it's basically um nine important attitudes are you operating out of the out of these attitudes and if not let's turn it around and let's change that irrational pattern at irrational thinking to rational thinking and once you realize that there was a different way that you could approach the situation or looked at it it changes everything so today yeah. I still do RSAs in my head and it keeps me grounded and it keeps me sane and it keeps me um, focused so that way I can do what I do because the, the truth is I'm a very busy woman. I'm a mom of three kids. I have a career. Um, I'm at home taking care of things. I do a lot of things, just put it that way. And so um, the way that I keep myself grounded is first of all, the word of God, but also making sure that I utilize everything that I gained while I was at Blue Monarch because Blue Monarch really gave us a lot. We went through, I went through one-on-one -on -one group counseling I went, I mean, one-on-one -on -one counseling sessions, one-on-one -on -one group counseling sessions. I went through, um, like Lauren said, budgeting classes. We have volunteers who come in and lead Bible study classes. So um, God in 12 steps, different phases. So it was a lot of stuff that help us get to the wounds of where the addictions begin, but also help us break those mind barriers, stopped us from operating in everything that we could be and do. Well, and what? mind barrier for you Shakia which is something I think really common that we see with a lot of the families that we serve here not just the women but the children as well was gaining trust mm -hmm. yes, you know that was that was one of uh, Shakia's biggest challenges is that um, and maybe you would like to describe what that was like yeah well it was hard for me to believe that anyone would want to do something nice for me and if so where was the string at uh, they wanted something mm -hmm. and of them being kind to me. I It was hard for me to believe that when I would come in here, Blue Monarch, um, our staff members would say things like, you are so powerful, you're smart, you're beautiful, you are a powerhouse, you are a good mom. When they would say things like that to me, Britt and Julia, I would really feel like, why are these people lying to me? They yeah. don't have to be this nice, like, and it really felt yeah. like that for a while. And I didn't yeah. realize it was because I was having trust issues that every woman mm -hmm. that had ever that had ever been in my life could never really be trusted. They were they appeared to be loyal, but there was always something, a mask or 
they just were, I, I, I've struggled in the past with people who said that they loved me. <clears throat> and the truth is they betrayed me. And yeah. so mm-hmm. hearing women and other people who shared that with me, it was so hard to believe that this was actually true. Yeah. So was the, the shift you, you talked about mindset was the shift of trusting people again. Was that just through day-to-day interactions of these people not having strings attached? Was it also the renewing of your mind on your identity, you know, and, and realizing that there are parts of you that are beautiful there, that you do have something to offer the world. Um, I would love to know what that process was like from going from, you know, I don't know who I am or what I'm doing here to, uh, you know what, I I am here for a reason. God made me for a purpose. I am beautiful. And that whole shift, was it through those courses that you were talking about or Absolutely. was it the interaction? All of it probably, right? Yeah. The <laughs> of my mind, it was the classes and sometimes, I don't know if you heard, but we have coming to Jesus with Susan. <laughs> and so those I love that. <laughs> yeah, you have to sit in that yellow chair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was really yeah, they were in the right mindset. But I will say they are very, very, very impactful. <laughs> and we should have t-shirts for everybody who survived the coming to me. I love that. So the yellow chair is the come to Jesus chair. Yes. <laughs> Everybody knows it. They're looking to see who's in it right now. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah. Wow. She can get the price and cost of love and, and embracing the new of knowing that what Jesus did, that he paid the price that he knew he endured the cross because of the joy that was before him and transitioning that from humans to Jesus, who is perfect love. And it's a process, that process and how you had to dig up both of you, um, Lauren, you too, uh, all of us, all of us on this call today at this table, that there's a root system and we look at the roots that are there and then we we find a new root system and we begin to recalibrate our lives our lives begin to take on shape and form and transformation yeah like Brett was talking about through renewing our minds that the promise of god is that our lives will transform when we renew our minds and susan i i just love that you pack their schedules full. Uh, remember you sharing that with me that you said they really don't have just a ton of downtime or free time. This is a lifetime of wounds and pain and time in their life of drug addiction that it's going to take a lot. It takes a village. It takes so many different classes and skills. But to hear Lauren, you and Shakia talk about and share your story I'd like to know a couple of things. One, I want to start with the rhythms. There's things in your lives, I'm sure, that started out as disciplines, but those have developed into those rhythms, that sweet spot that you find in your day-to-day life. Uh, What does that look like for you guys, pulling out your tools and living day-to-day life, 
feeling some normalcy. And so um, at Blue Monarch, everything is very structured. And so uh, my goal, our goal, and a lot of times we share with the ladies under us who are residents now, when you graduate from Blue Monarch, the best, your best bet is to keep life as close as possible to how it was at Blue Monarch. And so for me and my children, something that has worked for me is we get up on time and we go to school and we go to work on time. And another discipline is um, I, my our operations director is teaching me how to keep a schedule and to stay on top of things so, and plan and so that our days can go better. And so that when I'm out in the community and working and um, raising funds that I have some type of structure and what I'm doing structure is very important. And I'm sure you can attest to this in the life of, of a mom. And so everything that I know today, I gained at Blue Monarch because before Blue Monarch, there was no structure. There was no peace. It was chaos. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Lauren? So for me, the number one is making sure I have that intentional time with Jesus, putting him at the front of everything in my life. Um, because without him at the front of it, I won't succeed. The next thing for me, because I'm a little squirrely, is the to-do list that Miss Susan taught me how to use. <laughs> because <laughs> without it, I will do 10 things at one time and never finish any of them. So the to-do list definitely helped me um, stay on top of that. But getting up early, having a schedule, you know, in a life of addiction, you know, there's none of those things, which is why, you know, earlier I mentioned, I, I don't know why I'd come back and I wanted to leave because getting that, that schedule and that routine is super hard when you've lived in a life of chaos where you just live minute to minute and you don't really have a plan for anything. Yeah. Um, and so it feels good to have a plan and to have a routine. And I think Blue Monarch taught me that having an, you know, what you're going to do from hour to hour already planned out. And then your kids eating at the same time every day and knowing that they're going to the table and knowing that they're going to have a bath and knowing what bedtime is. I mean, it's just, we're all on the same page. Everything just flows smoother. And so I have just taken that with me and we, we still, we still do it and it just makes life so much better. Mm. So good. Yeah. Those rhythms make, make life flow. What, what happens in a day where it does seem a little more chaotic and things aren't quite what you expected them to be, Lauren, what does that feel like for you? What are some tools that you rely upon to, uh, you know, to power through your day and to be able to, to have a healthy mindset? Well, actually, I just say, where's the coffee at? <laughs> I need some coffee because we're about to do this. <laughs> hey, I'm a coffee girl. And so is Britt. We get yeah. it. <laughs> yes. Because Blue Monarch does also teach you that, hey, sometimes things don't always go to plan. Yeah. Random things are going to get thrown into place. So they teach you how to prioritize will. And so you got to get refocused and say, okay, what is most important right now? And let's focus on that. Yeah, that's so good. Life has curveballs and it's being able to adapt and be able to rely upon those tools to, to bring us that stability and continue to move forward. Shakia, what about you? Well, I just put the pedal to the metal and come. <laughs> come to work, show up for the kids, whatever I need to do. That's what 
I have to do. And that determination helps me out in that process. Like And um, Susan, that's why she makes the big bucks. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Super I cute. love it. That yeah. and the favor, the, the pedal to the metal and the favor of God. Favorite. I love it. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. So Lauren, I'm going to come back to you. What what's what are some things that bring you joy? Oh gosh, my kids. Mm. I just I, I love seeing them small and just be kids. And I, I think that brings me the most joy, just knowing that. God seen me through and he's just helping me be the best mom I can be every day. And just actually to listen to them and actually care what they did that day and actually want to know what, you know, what they want to do with their life or what makes them happy. And, you know, because used to those things weren't important to me. So I think I'm just, I'm just excited to see my kids happy and, um, my son is my little co-pilot. So it brings me joy because every time, you know, I haven't been to fly for a minute, he's like, mom, when are we going to fly again? So, <laughs> so just the fact that they want to hang out with me and be around me and they just make me smile. I love that. Well, Hey, next time that you and your young gun are in the plane, you, can you send us a, can you take a, a selfie and tag us. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure will. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Shakia, what about you? What are some things that bring you joy, sister? So my babies, um, I I have a couple of things, but my babies, um, I am so thankful that I have the opportunity to be the mother that I always wanted to be for them. When I sit and look at them and I see all these gifts unfold in their lives. Like they're so kind, they're affectionate, they're loving, they're um, responsible. They are always, they're selfless, willing to help. I can go on and on and on about mm-hmm. this. They're completely opposites of who I was as a child because um, I was telling Lauren the other day, I look at my daughters sometimes and I sometimes burst into tears, not in front of them, of course, but later on that night, I think about when I was her size, I was being molested, but because of Blue Monarch, she would never repeat the things that I went through. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. as I watch these gifts unfold in these wow. kids, I'm excited to see what it is that God does in the lives of my babies. Cause I know yeah. it's, and they love the yeah. Lord. And, uh, and that Proverbs 22, six children's program that we have. I'm so thankful that we do because we lead children to Christ. And guess what? We don't even have to do a lot because when they encounter him and they believe I mean, it is a beautiful thing to see. And also, I love my career. I would have never thought in a million years that I would have a career today. Um, I thought that I was too old for a career. I I was always scared to do things. It was a lot of things that were up against because I still get nervous today. (laughs) But um, today I have a career. I go out and I do public speaking and I get to be a light in the lives of women who are coming out of darkness. And I get to tell people, and I wish I could get at the top of a hill that the whole world could see so I could yell it real loud and tell them about this special place called Blue Monarch, which is a little piece of heaven on earth so that everybody can know about this mission. So that mm-hmm. everybody who's in darkness yeah. can walk into his marvelous light. Boom. Boom. Right there. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> Susan, like, and these are my people. My work here is done. <laughs> right. That was amazing. Oh, I just love that. <laughs> That's funny. 
know. Flashy talk. Oh, good. <laughs> hey, as my best friend, as my best friend says, just pass around the hat. Let's take up an offering, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I love it. Well, Susan, what are some things that any newfound joy? I know that we talked about some of yours on your one-on-one uh, episode that we did with you, but what are some things that anything new uh, artists that you have your hands into? Have you picked up any new hobbies or anything changed in your life with that? Oh, that's so funny that you use the word hobbies um, <laughs> because I took a few days off recently, a few weeks ago, because I thought, man, I need a break. And so I took a few days off. I'm a terrible vacationer. I mean, I am so bad at that. And it usually only takes about three hours for me to just start Googling. Is there such a thing as vacation depression? You know, like what is wrong with me? And and finally, I realized I was anxious to get back to work. And I thought, you know, I think it's because my hobby is saving people from themselves. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, and so I was really anxious to get back to work. It was like, yeah. I think, um, you know, what you just heard, I mean, that right there brings me the greatest joy ever. And, and these are just two, these are just two examples of what I get to hear around here. And so I don't think, I don't know how you can ever beat that. Mm, yeah. I love it. Susan, the last time you shared with Britt and I that you were working on the project of your a community center or a central place for Blue Monarch that you were starting at something new. How is that coming along? Uh, well, actually, it's a multi-purpose building on our property here. And we have gone through several of the necessary steps. We did get approval from the planning commission. We were excited about that. We've raised $2 million towards that project so far. Yeah. So we're excited about that. And so it's in the, the hands of the state fire marshal right now. We're just waiting on final approval from him. I think we're tweaking a few things about the sprinkler system and things like that. But once we get that uh, going, then we'll be able to get started and break ground. And I'll be, I'll be really doing a happy dance over that. <laughs> That's exciting. I know you will. So exciting. Yeah, we're that really exciting. Well, well, congratulations how that's moving along. Well, we're excited for so many reasons. We need the space so badly, but yeah. also once we move all our offices and all our programming out of where we are right now, which was originally a house, then we can turn that back into living quarters and have families in those spaces. So, so it kind of, it accomplishes a lot on multiple levels. Yeah. Yeah. That's so exciting. Britt, what are some final questions that you have for our guests today? Gosh, you know, I think they covered it. Everything that I wanted to ask, and I know we talked about previously, um, we had a feeling that they were going to get into their stories and just share. And so I am just in awe of both of you. Like, like Susan said, just your perseverance, your resilience, um, your love for the Lord, the way that you're leading your family and leading other women. I think it's so inspiring to know that um, there's a core group of women there working there that have been through it. So I think that's such a testament to those that are coming in to see like, this is absolutely doable. And, you know, we have the victory here and the community that y'all have created 
um, for these women that you really are championing, championing other women to win. And I just love that. That's what Juliet and I love um, so much about bringing people to the table because that's our heart too. We love, we love being that champion for other women. And so I just thank you both because, and Susan, you as well, because um, it's so inspiring for us to see other women stepping up and, and being a champion because there's a lot of competition in this world and there's a lot that can tear you down. And we need y'all. Um, we need this, this program. Um, and so I just wanted to say thank you again. Y'all are amazing. Oh, well, this, this has been so fun. And, you know, I love you guys. So this was a treat to come back. Yes, we missed you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, we love you too. And well, now we feel so honored anytime that, that you have. Go ahead, Susan. Oh, I was just going to say you two need to make a road trip out here. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You guys got to come. That'd Listen, that is something that we should I probably totally do. Agree. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. That would be great. Yes, we've talked about that. We really would like to come out and be with you guys and spend a few days there. And um, we'd like to do something there and uh, just to create space for either the staff and the residents or both you know, whatever that looks like. Um, absolutely. That's on our radar for next year. So, and we're honored Susan, that you would yes. ask us to do that. Yeah. It's so beautiful. I just want to say thank you, Susan. Thank you for saying yes. Shakia, Lauren, thank you both for saying yes. Thank you for sharing your stories. Susan just told me from the beginning. I mean, she can't say enough. Like you're, you're the best part of, of her life mm -hmm. and it's beautiful to, witness blue monarch and what this has meant for both of you and the the children the children the generation the next generation the children that are being transformed in the process and your influence how you have taken trauma tragedy pain and and submitted your life and surrendered to god to say use this and make it beautiful. These ash heaps that have been around you that you've asked God to make it beautiful and to see how you've taken your pain and turned it into a powerful life that you're living and the influence your yes, all three of you, but Lauren and Shaki, I just want to speak to you for a moment. Your yes and, and your persistence and your perseverance, the ripples the ripples that have come from your life will be for eternity. Yeah. It will be for eternity. And we're so grateful and so thankful and just to hear the gratitude. I, I thought when you, both of you started sharing in your perseverance and persistence to come to blue monarch, that word came to me is the gratitude. That's what I hear in both of you how grateful the tears that we heard today thank you for sharing your tears uh so yeah. beautiful and knowing how god redeemed your story with your children it's so precious so precious i mean that is the heart of the father that that is the heart of the father and jesus said right let all the little ones come to me and i think it's amazing how both of you have been able to look at your life and say god let me be to my children what i didn't have growing up and to know that even though there's been loss in your life, 
that we feel so many times that it's permanent. And yet God has redeemed what you lost in your own childhood. And he's redeemed that through the lives of your children. Is there anything better? So precious and sweet. Well, Susan, I'd like to ask you to please share with our listeners uh, a little bit more about how they can contribute if they feel led to, to the, uh, to your center that you're building, your multi-purpose building and let our listeners know if they have a heart for Blue Monarch and what they've heard today, how they can give to be a part of that. Well, sure. Well, the easiest way is through bluemonarch.org. And we have a giving page on our website. And then we also, um, we produce granola here out of the blue granola. And we sell it in a number of places and also online. And that's a good way to, to support the women who work here in that um, in that social enterprise that we have as part of our program and so that's a good way to to um and then also uh my book has a page from my front row seat on our website and that's a good way to spread the story of blue monarch to share that book with others yes it's so good and also the uh your book susan uh that is also it's available on your website and it's also available on amazon.com Yes, yes, it's it, it's available in several formats on Amazon. Shakia or Lauren, do you have any last words for our, our listeners and for those who may be struggling with some form of addiction? Absolutely, it could be done. It could be done. God can do anything, and all He really needs is a woman with a willing heart that is ready to say, "You know what? I'm done, and I need help." And then all she has to do is go to bluemonarch.org, print out an application, fill fill it out by hand and send it into us and reach out to Lauren Mason. That's what I say, call up Fit Blue Monarch and say, hey, I wanna speak to Lauren Mason. And uh, also I just wanna say, um, you know, that you can't do it in your own strength, that you gotta be able to do it, you know, you gotta do it with with God's strength. Mm -hmm. Um, If you try to do it on your own, it just doesn't work. So good. Thank you both. Susan, Lauren, Shakia, we just want to say thank you. We love you. And we're honored that you came to the table with Britt and I today on Ground Table. And to our listeners, thank you for being here with us. We hope that you gain some joy, clarity, and peace and hope along the way and some giggles. Um, thank you for letting Lauren and Shakia share some of their tears. Uh, with us and with you today. And we hope that this has been the best part of your day. So until next time, friends, cheers. Bye. 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 We love you guys. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank you.